Welcome, guys, to the Couple Nurses Podcast, where we tackle hot nursing topics and current health news, one conversation at a time. For those that are new, welcome to the podcast. You will not be disappointed. Those that are returning, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for continuing to rocking with us and spreading the good news, the shares, the likes, and all that stuff that's happening. I really appreciate it. What's new with us? So today's podcast, I am recording alone, so it's a complete change of pace. Um, when me and Peter, we went on a little vacation last week to Arizona, and we had a little bit of an accident. We had, we were UTVing, and the UTV literally flipped over. Peter was in the passenger side, sitting on top of it, and it crushed him. Long story short, he had to go to the ER, and he... We had to leave him in Arizona, unfortunately, because of COVID and everything going on. So he's getting a lot better. If you're listening to this Friday, he's already discharged and he flew back to Chicago and he's doing a lot better. So for next week, next week's episode, he will be back. And that's that, that's an update for those that, can, that you know, listen to us and like what's going on. We will make a full podcast episode on our little adventure of what happened once he's back and once he's ready to talk about his experience because it's kind of cool because he's a nurse and he was a patient for a week. And it's it'd be pretty cool to kind of pick his brain on what he experienced, his, you know, mental and emotional well-being and how physically it was exhausting and, you know, how the nurses were. I'm curious about that. So in today's episode, I'd like to discuss travel nursing, the good and the bad of travel nursing, how to become a travel nurse and travel nursing during COVID. Um, for those that don't know, it wasn't the best when it comes to cancellations when it comes to contracts and just work in general especially in the ICU it's been rough to be honest when I was on contract so those that love healthcare and have a passion and a purpose for helping others and like to travel I think travel nursing is an awesome experience because it combines both passion and purpose for traveling and work like it doesn't get any better than that my experience, I did three contracts total with two different companies, and I've been juggling around with recruiters. So I do have a little bit of experience to kind of tell you guys how it was and the good and the ugly. So let's begin. And for those that are not nursing or not aware of how the process works, I'll give a little snippet and a tidbit of how to become a travel nurse very quick, and then we'll jump into the good and the bad of travel nursing. So... Travel nursing, you need one minimum nursing experience. Of course, you need your NCLEX, you have to be a nurse, you need your RN on all that jazz, you have to pass your NCLEX. So once you get your one year in your specialty, whether it's med surge or it's ICU or it's ER, then you could reach out to a recruiter and figure out what you want to do. Travel nursing is basically a career that you're working away from home. It could be in a different state or it could be within a 50-mile radius. The 50-mile radius is in order to get your untaxed stipend, meaning you could get paid from your travel nursing company untaxed money and you could live at another place. And the IRS has a term where you have to keep it within a 50-mile radius or there might be some issues. So that's like the, the hallmark sign of travel nursing technically. 50 miles plus, you're a travel nurse. And... You look at it like freelancing. Basically, you are a nurse that freelances, goes to different hospitals, picks up a contract, works there, doesn't deal with a lot of the politics, and goes to a different hospital within a usually, on average, 13 weeks. 
I've had contracts for eight weeks and it just it just varies. But 13 weeks, three months is the the general um, opinion or not. I'm sorry, the general time frame for travel nursing. And mostly travel nursing is just fitting shortages. There's different states that have shortages. For me, I went to California and different parts of like the East Coast. I'm sorry, the West Coast, the Bay Area, L.A., has shortages in winter, sometimes in summer. With COVID, there was a huge spike. So a travel nurse kind of just fills the need. And you have an agency, which basically you have a recruiter and they find the contract for you. And once the contract is signed, then you kind of make your way to um, to the hospital or to the state, whatever you want to call it. So for me, I usually just, um, yeah, I use Furnish Finder for housing. If you're wondering, that's how I find my um, housing compared to Airbnb, it's a lot cheaper. And from there, I just, you know, negotiate pricing. I sign a contract with the landlord. I kind of try to find a place that's closer to the hospital. That's like my big thing, like LA, for example, before I even found the hospital I want to work for, I was looking for housing in the in the area. Because if I can't find housing, what's the point of signing my contract if I'm going to drive 30 miles and I'm going to be in traffic for 45 minutes. That's just inconvenient. When I did my contract in LA, I only drove, I think, 15 minutes one way, which was super convenient because I like to sleep in. A little sip of H2O there. So good and the bad of travel nursing. Of course, it has its perks. And just like it has perks, it has its negatives. Nothing is perfect in the world, right? So for one, the good, let's go over that. You get to travel. Let's face it, I am a wonderluster in a way, and I love to explore new places, check out beaches, hiking, and that's what I was doing mostly in Cali. So if you're into that, travel nursing is perfect for you, you know? And you have the potential to make more money. I literally went like OCD with my finances because I called it a financial trip, and I literally made a checklist of, or I'm sorry, notes of every spending I had throughout the week how much I made, and I was just keeping track of profits. And it's it's profitable. Honestly, I made probably double the money I did as a staff nurse. If you do it right, and of course, I wasn't cheap with my housing. I had to pay over 2K a month for rent, but I enjoyed what I was doing because, you know, one, I podcast, so I need a good place. I can't rent out just a room. I need, you know, my privacy. And I had a pool at one place, so you get to choose how much money you want to make. You could, you could, you know, pay more for rent and enjoy what you have and have beachside views if that's what you choose. Or you get to just rent out a room if you're kind of really trying to make some money and you don't have as much baggage as me because of podcasting. Then you could get a, you know, single room, studio, whatever the case might be, and you get to pocket all that money in. Because with travel nursing, they pay you less hourly. So as an example, let's just say you make... 50 bucks as a staff nurse, you'll make $20 as a travel nurse. And they'll they'll give you like, let's just say $1,200 every week for stipends, meaning for your food and for your rent. So whatever money is left over from your food and rent, which is untaxed, that's the money you kind of keep in. So when you get your W-2, it seems like you didn't make a lot of money. It's because that the IRS is only basing it off your hourly rate that you were getting, which was like 20 bucks. That's the perk with travel nursing is that you make that money, you don't get taxed 27% as a single person or whatever the case might be for you. 
and it's it's nice. Travel nursing is beautiful because you get to pocket that in. You also avoid hospital politics, and that's one of those things that's just a perk is you hear about what's happening. There's a meeting. This is going on. There's always some kind of freaking... There's Anywhere I worked as a nurse, and I'm laughing at that, there's always some kind of gossip. Something's happening. Someone's talking kind of shit about somebody. So you get to kind of skip all that. You literally come to work, you work your 12 hours, and you leave in a way. It kind of sounds shitty. You're still doing your patient care, and you're, you know... You have great work ethic, teamwork is there, but you get to skip all that extra shit that like comes with nursing sometimes. And the way I see it sometimes, and I laugh with other nurses, is nursing is literally like a high school. There's always like little drama going on or this and that, and that person doesn't like me or that person hung that wrong and they're talking about it and other people know. It's it's silly sometimes. Also, the good with travel nursing is you get to broaden your experience. When I was in Santa Monica during COVID, like I, I've never learned so much about things because we had CRT, we had impellas, we had ECMO devices, and I wasn't even trained on those things, which I'll get to later, and I had to take that patient. So the growth was honestly amazing as a travel nurse going to um, Santa Monica. But on the contrary, you'll have a place like I went to Kaiser and I literally had no autonomy and I didn't learn as much. I didn't even have an arterial line in three months when I was taking care of patients. I was floating a lot. So it just depends on what contract you know you get. And you get to kind of negotiate those things, meaning if you sign a contract and it says floating is required, you could kind of negotiate where you're only floating into the same level of care, meaning you'll float to other ICUs, but you won't float to med surge and tele and all that jazz. So it just depends on what specialty you have and what you can do. Um, travel nursing also has like professional networking opportunities. And like once you work at a hospital that has a high need for travel nurses, you literally are networking with everybody. Like when I was in my... Pre- I'm going to reference a lot of my previous contract I just finished. I'm actually on a two-month break. So I'm not nursing. I'm taking my little break that I wanted to, and I'm focusing on this podcast and everything else that we have going on. So you get you get to network, and you get to network with travel nurses. You can find out what recruiters, how they are in different companies, how companies are, like, you know, people gossip and people don't like the recruiters or this company doesn't do this. So you'll actually figure out and potentially work one contract with one company and then maybe switch over because of the stuff that you hear. And that's what's so cool about travel nursing is just networking is like huge. I have friends technically in different parts, in different states, and we will kind of touch base here and there, but it's nice because networking is key for a lot of things. And if you're not aware of that, you will soon begin to learn about that. Just like getting a job, you could apply and put your resume in and fill the application online or you know somebody that works or does peer DM in that unit and they kind of say a good word to the manager and you got your in. So it's not fair how it works, but that's the system that we live in. So just take advantage of it and network. And that also kind of, you know, comes into making you friends as a travel nurse. I don't know how, you know, some people like to just go in and out. You can, you know, make friends with travel nurses, go out for drinks you could, you know, hang out and go to the bar with COVID. That sucked, unfortunately. And maybe you could go hiking. So it's nice having friends that you meet 
as a travel nurse because you're technically alone in a different state. So that has its perks. And also, I like to I, I like the idea of try it before you buy it. Meaning, as a travel nurse, you're able to travel to different states, cities, and you get to find out what you actually like about that city. And maybe in the future, you could move there with no strings attached. And that's what I love. I could travel to San Diego, do all the activities that the locals do. And if I don't like it, I get to ditch that lifestyle with no strings attached, no payments, and just go somewhere else. And that's what the flexibility part is in travel nursing. Like, it's it's amazing. I worked seven months back-to-back from November to June. And now I just take a two-month break. And I could take a three-month break if I wanted to. I just won't get paid, but I saved enough that it gives me the ability to do that. Or in between contracts, you could take a month break or two-week break, go visit your family, fly back in. So there's a lot of lot of endless possibility with travel nursing. And now let's get into the bad. So one thing I've noticed as a travel nurse is at first you start feeling lonely. You begin to feel that you don't have that same support that you had from friends and family. And that could really mind fuck you in a way at first. Like loneliness is terrible, right? We, we've seen it in isolation during COVID and we know its effects. Now imagine travel nursing where you're stuck in your damn home and everybody is like three, two, you know, 2000 miles away. And that was like also my like inner inner journey with travel nursing is I learned a lot about myself and I've learned how to, to be happy alone. And that loneliness that comes at first with travel nursing kind of dissipates and you learn to be happy, you learn to hang out with yourself, you learn to go date on dates with yourself and it becomes easier and that loneliness kind of like dissipates and you get to enjoy your own time. And now I feel like I'm selfish with my time. I enjoy it so much. I almost sometimes want to have a day to myself and don't hit me up because it's enjoyable. But of course, it comes with growth and you have to learn how to be alone. But for example, being homesick, that happens, right? You kind of have all your friends and family in different state and they're hanging out, they're going out to the beach and you're in your travel nursing contract. So sometimes that happens and I call it FOMO, F-O-M-O, which is the fear of missing out. Another, another thing with travel nursing that's the bad is you'll move a lot. You'll travel three months at a time sometimes. I know some travel nurses, they like to stay at a place for like nine months to a year and they keep extending. What I did is I kept moving every three months. So it just depends on how you like it. If you like to be in and out and keep trying new places, go for it and you can do that, you know. And there's a lot of wear and tear on your vehicle. So if you are a travel nurse that drives to your contracts across the state, that might put a lot of miles on. I personally, what I like to do, because I drive a BMW and I just know if I go over past 100K, my car is going to start breaking down. So I'm just kind of like protecting my miles. I'll just ship my car out from Chicago to Cali or wherever I am. It just depends what you do. And it's pretty cheap, pretty affordable. Uh, me and Peter, when we did, we went to Oakland, we drove 32 hours in two days to drive from Chicago to Oakland. Never again. I was so exhausted. I'd rather pay the damn money and pick up a shift and just have a peace of mind. So that's what I personally like to do. The bad. You're going to be travel nursing and there's going to be a lot of paperwork. Once you sign that damn contract, there's so much to fill out. You have to do continuing education. You got to do like telemetry, KG tests. You have to go get a physical. You got to get a drug screen. You got to get like 
titers, whatever the case might be. There's a lot of paperwork crap and it's annoying. That's one thing that I hate is you finish one contract within, you know, your three months, you're already signing one. And in between your transition to another hospital, you got to do like eight hours of paperwork, continuing education to start your next job. That's a huge negative that like annoys me. Also pay packages. You know, you have your recruiter, but sometimes they want to make money too because everything's a business and you have to always keep your best self-interest in mind. So with these travel nursing recruiters is they will try to kind of lowball you a little bit so you could take the job because they have a bill rate, meaning let's just say the company makes a hundred dollars the company signed a contract with the hospital for a hundred dollars an hour for you. That recruiter will give you sixty dollars an hour and you sign the contract. So every single hour you work, they make 40 bucks off you, right? I'm just, this is not how it always goes down, but I'm just kind of trying to break it down so people understand the process. So that means that that recruiter is making 40% commission off you right there. It depends. They have margins. I know sometimes they like to operate on 20% margins for profit. So, and when you ask them, they usually are not like open about it, but no, they could always push the envelope. Whatever I see on that contract, I'm always fighting for it. I'm always trying to get more, more stipend, maybe get a bonus, maybe give me a bonus for travel nursing or traveling expense. Maybe sometimes what I did last time is I told my recruiter I need some scrubs. So I bought like $200 worth of scrubs and I got my, um, I got a return for it. So just, just know that there's, there's wiggle room in those pay packages that you get. Also, Contract cancellation, I'm going to cover it more in travel nursing and COVID, which is the next topic, but it does happen. You might sign housing and then you might get canceled. It sucks. And, you know, another thing is you have multiple licenses. It depends on how you want to travel nurse. Me personally, I just really enjoy California for some reason. It's my, it's my little home. I belong there. So I have two licenses, Illinois and Cali. Some travel nurses might have three or four. So there's a lot of upkeeping there and you got to, you know, pay a fee every two years to get your license renewed. That's annoying. If you're a nurse that works in a compact state, meaning if you, I don't know what state it is, I'd have to check. If you are in Michigan, for example, and Michigan belongs to the compact state group, you get to have your license available in like 20 states where you could work. That's a perk. Unfortunately, Illinois is not like that or Cali. So I have to have two separate um, licenses. Another bad thing with travel nursing is like filling out taxes because you're getting untaxed and you're traveling to different states. There's like different ways of doing things. I don't even know how it works, to be honest. I just pay my accountant to take care of it. I know when I did it in 2020, he charged me a little bit more. So therefore, I know there's some kind of, you know, um, pushback with that because, you know, Cali has different W-2 forms and taxations compared to Illinois. So that's just my um, experience there. Also benefit packages as a travel nurse. One thing that I didn't know about that I literally learned like three weeks ago is, you know, I have health insurance through my company right now that I work for. And I am taking a two month break. I did not know that my benefits actually expire. So I'm technically going to have no health insurance for a month. So I have to go through e-health and I have to find some kind of coverage just minimally. 
just till I get back to work. So that was kind of annoying because not only is there paperwork and you have to travel and move and repack, like it's just annoying that I have to now call and get health insurance for a month, but it's part of the process. And sometimes when you're travel nursing, you're going to have a poor onboarding and a poor orientation. It just depends on where you work. Other places are better, better than others. Sometimes you'll have an awesome orientation. A nurse will tell you a lot. You'll, you'll, you'll have a nursing educator that tells you where everything is. Everybody's welcoming. Sometimes you orient for a day and you just got to jump right into it. It's honestly swim or sink. And that's one thing with travel nursing is you just have to learn how to be resilient. You have to learn how to jump to different environments and adapt quick. And no one's going to care whether you're str struggling, to be honest, because they'll give you a patient, they'll give you an assignment, and you better know what the F is going on. So the more resilient, the more adaptive you are to change, the better you're going to be a, as a travel nurse. And especially during COVID, what happened, you know? Um, the environment changed very, very quick. Within weeks, you know, we had no visitors. We had different policies. We had airborne precautions. Everything we did as a nurse changed, and you just have to become adaptable. Another thing that I didn't mention is like travel nursing recruiters. Like they are your, they are your kind of like lifeline. Meaning something's going on. You don't like something. Someone is telling to do more things outside of your scope of practice. Your recruiter is there to protect you and to do all your needs. And a lot of nurses um, don't have the best relationship with them. Some, some take forever to reply. Some just do email. So you have to curate that relationship with your travel nursing recruiter. I, for one, had a recruiter that I started in November. And he was a very cool guy, young dude. You know, we were kind of growing it up and all that. And... I feel like I got too friendly and the relationship became too too personal and he just wasn't doing his damn job. He was owing me money from like November, it was March already. He like stopped picking up phone calls for like a week or two and then I then I asked him I'm like, "Dude, like what's going on? We got to communicate. Like communication is everything here. It's just like a relationship." And he's like, "Sorry, man. I just don't have any answers for you, so I didn't pick up." I'm like, "That's not how you handle business. You can't just freaking ghost me and pretend everything is okay and you know just because you don't have answers for me so that was annoying so be careful about your recruiter and I actually ended up getting rid of him I, I got upset I called the supervisor I talked to the director of the, the travel nursing company and I got a switch I have a different um, recruiter now she's a lot better you know and it was mid-contract which you know people say don't do that just wait till your contract's over but honestly I, I got fed up so don't be afraid to do that either. Like your recruiter is there for you if they're not serving that purpose and you are being frustrated, get rid of them. And that's exactly what I did. If I had more stress from a recruiter than the hospital, there's something up and it's not acceptable. So just, you know, you decide on how much you want to get stepped on. And that, you know, that's that's just the reality of things, whether it's friends, family, relationships, travel nursing, right? If you feel like someone is kind of like, you know, taking advantage of your, of you, just do something about it. Don't, don't let it slide because it's never going to get fixed because that person will know that they could keep getting away with it. I'm having some water. 
It's interesting podcasting all by myself because I have to keep talking, right? So I need a water break sometimes. Uh, travel nursing during COVID. Oh, wow. Where do I start? It was such an interesting experience, you know? Like we had this whole coronavirus pandemic and everybody was freaking out that we needed more frontline nurses to handle the outbreak. Hospitals started closing and visitors stopped coming in. And it was an interesting time for healthcare. Like no one knew what the F is going on. You know, CDC was giving us these rules, the who had their own thing. Then they said, this is wrong, that's wrong. Now you should, now it's airborne, then it's like contact precautions. And honestly, it was, no one was, no one knew what was going on. And they still kind of don't in a way, which is sad. I, it's, it's sad that our own institutions are failing us. And we're starting to see that, you know, I feel like with everything happening, the protests, we're starting to slowly lose trust in our government in a way and the institutions that we believed for so long. So that could be either a good or we're waking up to the reality of what's exactly happening. That's that's for up to debate. So travel nursing happened, COVID happened, and healthcare is a business, right? And if your business isn't profitable, you lay people off. And that's one thing that happened during COVID is we had a huge influx of need because of the scare of this pandemic and there's going to be millions of people dead and cases. So we overhired. We overhired. The The Surgeon General closed the ORs. So there was no, no one was getting surgeries. And those positions like PACU nurses, which is post-recovery, OR nurses, they had job loss. They had contract cancellations. They had extensions eliminated. And they there was no jobs for them. I had travel nurses that tried all over Cali to get a contract and they couldn't. So they just extended where I was working for the same pay. And that was another thing, you know, these travel nurses companies didn't give us more pay sometimes because of COVID because we were already locked into a contract. So that, that was unfortunate because there was no hazard pay or anything like that we were getting. And the nurses that didn't get their contracts canceled, for example, in the ER and stuff like that, and we were working with a lot of uh, PACU nurses, they just, they basically cross-trained to other floors. So the way the ICU was running is I was the main nurse for two patients. Sometimes one depends on what was going on. And these ER nurses and PACU nurses, we call them runners. So they would, because of, you know, COVID and there was so much gowning up to do, it wasn't efficient to just keep getting in and out of the room because it was airborne precautions. We had to have a PAP run and everything was sealed. So we had nurses outside of the rooms running in and getting us supplies like, hey, I need an NG tube. Hey, grab me a Foley or hey, let me get a purple, um, purple top to draw my labs because I forgot it. And these nurses would kind of like be the, the medium between us and just getting shit done. So that was kind of cool. So if you were a travel nurse during that time, it was interesting time because you weren't working in your specialty and you, working, you were working in def- different floors and you had no expertise there, but you had to learn. Same thing with me. I never took care of ECMO patients, meaning um, they basically had um, bypass, right, with blood. And I never took care of an ECMO patient. But I had no choice because of what was going on and the staffing issue. I had to watch some YouTube, literally, which is crazy because it's unsafe. But it was literally the Wild West in in nursing. Like, all rules were gone. Like, for example, like scanning um, patients, right? 
you o- the rule was you always have to have a label on your patient to scan. During COVID, we literally took the pumps out of the rooms and we were scanning the machine. We had the patient label on the pump to scan. That was technically breaking rules, right? But that that's exactly what we had to do. We had, we had policies in place to do two patient verifications, but it's just crazy how the rules change and we just had to adapt. So yeah, I had to learn how to take care of ECMO patients. I talked to my recruiter if I could get a raise for that, but like I said, a lot of companies weren't compensating for that. But at the end of the day, it was a great experience and I learned so much, you know. Um, I never thought this would happen. Like I was in LA and then all of a sudden everything was on lockdown and patients were different. The whole ICU literally changed like within like a week or two. And I'm, I'm honestly grateful for that experience. The stuff that I seen during COVID in that ICU specifically, I honestly don't wish on my worst enemy. Like just seeing coronavirus where they had hypercoagulability, meaning they bled, they had clotting factors depleted where they were continuously bleeding and just seeing bleeding from like orifices, like the nose, the mouth, and we're just repacking them with the gauze and they kept bleeding. It, it, it was honestly sad to see, you know, like if you're, if you're just a regular person hanging out and you think coronavirus is just a hoax and all that. Yeah. It, I understand why you think that because you don't see it yourself. But once you go to the hospital in the ICU and you start seeing this shit and it's, it's real, it's killing people. And it's, it changes your perspective, you know? And that was another thing that was hard during travel nursing is family wasn't there. So, you know, it was a relief for us in a way for nursing, but we had to FaceTime families. And the hardest thing is, and I'm getting chills right now, is just imagine, imagine FaceTiming a family member to that patient and just knowing that they will not see them again because some patients didn't make it out of that ICU because we had a high acuity. You know, it was it was really rough, but it was very humbling and opening to see all that happening, you know. Just having family being grateful for us there. We had tons of food, which was amazing. I, I gained the COVID-10, to be honest, guys, um, which I'm currently losing. And it was, it was an overall good experience. Uh, and we as nurses, we kind of felt like heroes in a way because of what was going on. So that was all an interesting um, experience with COVID. When it comes to travel nursing, I am going to do it again. I'm taking a little two-month break, and I'm going to jump into it maybe August or September. I'm excited. I think this time Peter is going to come along if he doesn't chicken out. So I'm excited about that. So we shall see. I think I'm going to wrap this one up. Hopefully you guys didn't get annoyed of my voice, just me. So this is the good and the bad of travel nursing, how to be how to become one and travel nursing during COVID. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. If you guys are listening to me for this long, I freaking really appreciate it. I love you guys. We grow when you guys share us. So share it with your loved ones, loved ones, friends, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.